welcome to the Bacash Podcast. My name's Don, and I'm now deaf because I keep forgetting to turn the monitor down. And I'm Scott, and I can hear it, hear it from his bed headphones, which is in his ears. And I'm currently trying to put together a rap in my head that would make it sound cool. However, now the music's off, and I have no rap skills, so don't worry, that won't come across. Yes, and I just turned your gain up because it was really low so it sounds like you're fading in to oh. our audience sorry about hi, that hi how you doing yeah well, well, I, I can make an entrance right up. isn't that yeah a thing yes, somewhere yeah i don't know what's going on i i messed with these levels like a long time ago and they've been really bad ever since i need to like open an old one and get better levels because for you guys you're going to listen to it in like <sighs> a week but it's been like at least a month since we've last podcasted or recorded or anything like that so hopefully yeah. we can get back into the swing of things and um get our levels correctly ah. and, and all of that kind of fun stuff yeah i'll figure it out maybe i'll i'll fix it in post whatever he's that like means. yeah he's like turning knobs and pushing buttons and yeah everything and, was and, and all of that I, I remember it was like three weeks ago i i messed with stuff and now i'm like stupid Don, you messed with stuff. And what's cool is like over the uh, over the the four weeks, we've like up slapped our equipment. Um, I just turned on the phantom power. That can make all the difference. <laughs> um, I don't even know what phantom power is, but the, it sounds cool. These microphones have no power source of their own. Okay. They derive the power from here. Um, so I'm getting waveform. So I'm hoping that everybody will hear what the beginning was. Why do I break so, so we might not have been recording the beginning, or they might not have heard us? Uh, yeah, they'll hear it. There's something. It might have been picked up through the computer, though. Okay. Do we want to start it over? No. Okay. No, that makes it authentic. Okay. Or so some, we are authentic, like or... I always, I always kind of, like, remember, like, in high school or college, we'd always be like, well, we're going to go see a band, and they have to sound real and authentic and not... <laughs> What, what, what is it? Um, like produced. produced or, yeah. yeah. So we're like that. That band will sound just as awesome recorded and podcasted as we do in real life. Well, it's funny you should say that. I was actually recording. What, I was trying out some different stuff because we are working on some little specials. Some little podcast specials. Oh yeah! And uh, I wanted to get some new music, so that's what I was recording. I was recording an instrument, so I didn't need the phantom power, oh, okay. which is why I was turned off. Which is, I forgot to turn it back. Actually, I looked at mine, and mine was still set up. My channel was still set up to take a instrument. Okay. So I oopsed. So I want to hear the new music. Does it sound uh, good? No, all I got are some tests right okay. now. I don't have anything. I was trying some. This would be boring to non-musicians. I was trying different timing signatures to see what would... Because like if you do like a 3-4, a it kind of has like a different feel to it, and it can communicate like what you're trying to do, it, as opposed to like a rock beat, which would be like a 4-4 four, four or a 2-4. Um, so I was just trying to decide what I wanted. So and for you, those of you that were in a third grade music class at one time, yeah. there's like five lines, <laughs> or is there four lines? Five lines. And four different things, and then they have little note things, <laughs> and they have little tails that are on that, and that well, tells you on whether meter is the beat of the music. So if you're doing um, three four, it would be like that. That's like, kind of like so. It'd be like one two three four, one two three. Four. It, like that. Uh, anyway, um. <laughs> I just remember elephants go belly dancing Friday. 
I, I was always like, every good boy does fine. Yeah, I heard that one too, but mine was cooler. And Face. Yeah, Face and F-A-C-E. Elephants Go Belly Dancing Friday. I never do that one. I, you, Isn't you that so much better than the other one? Your, yeah. Southerners. I'm Cincinnati. I live in Yeah, man. I'm from, I'm from Toledo, the north, man, where, where we had every good boy doing that. <laughs> You're from the south where belly dancing Elephants Go Belly Dancing Friday. Or something like that, yeah. Mine is so better than that one. Definitely. I mean, every good boy does fine, really. Like yeah, boring. Really? As boring as my face. <laughs> Wait. Wait a minute. <laughs> I don't even know what the bass clef was. Uh, that's just the. It's the same notes, oh, same but notes. they're down in the bass. Oh, okay. They're they're a. Um, uh, escapes me. Like octave. Is octave the right word? Lower. Sure. So uh, it probably more than an octave. They're a register lower. Okay. So you would have the same. So that would I be every good boy. So would that mean I'd be like doing a drop dancing. D tuning on my guitar then? No, um, that would still not be in the. Would that be? It would, so there's gonna be your key, what key the music's written in, and that's gonna debate <laughs> what you play. But if you get into the lower, I'm gonna butcher this, and I should not. I I took music theory twenty years ago. Literally twenty years ago. So don't love us for our music ability. Yeah, but uh, so you have a key signature, and the guitar would stay still in that same range, I guess, and bass would be in a different. I don't know. I'm probably killing it because key is a little different than what I'm saying. So we we'll just edit that out. Okay. So like I don't like I said, it was it was twenty years ago, and after that, I was like, I don't need music theory because that class was so hard. How old are you? Like twenty years ago. Uh, I graduated high school in class in ninety eight, and I started my freshman year of college when I took music theory. It'll be twenty years ago, August. Twenty years ago, I was a baby. No, you weren't. You're were older than me. <laughs> twenty years ago, you started college too. <laughs> but I took. I took that because I thought it'd make me a better musician, and all it did was make me like frustrated that I didn't understand okay. anything. <laughs> That's fair. I haven't. I, haven't, I was going to ask you if you remembered him, but you wouldn't because you weren't in Toledo. <laughs> <laughs> so I had a guy named Andy Lessick who uh, tutored me for the first two weeks because I had a lot of catch up okay. to do, and he ended up tutoring me. He was a band major. Oh wow! And uh, I remember we would go over things, and he would like look them up in reality, like. Oh yeah, that's what the NBC ding 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 like sound is and all that. Like he would, he was cool. Okay. I just don't remember much of anything about. I pay most attention to meter, okay. like uh, the, uh, as a guitar player. I don't need all that other stuff. I, I actually <laughs> had a guitar teacher that tried to teach me get, or tried to teach me music theory. Um, Good man. So he li- he did teach me how to play guitar, but he taught me like the theory, and I had these books on that were teaching. Oh, me I the bought that one. Did you, you told me the. Yeah. Um, the one that looks like Michelangelo's. Yeah. Uh-huh. What was that called? Yep. That's a good book. It was a great book. Uh, when we were in Milford, I used to grab it and play the oddball mm-hmm. scales. So I had that, and then I got <coughs> one by a guitarist named Guthrie Govin. Okay. And he would teach you how to break the rules in his book, and I got about halfway through his. It was so hard. Okay. But it was really cool. But I used those two books together. They were pretty cool. Okay. I, I, yeah. I barely pick up a guitar. I know where my guitar's at, and it's dusty, and I haven't changed the strings in years. At one time, I probably had seven or eight guitars. Now I'm down to three, I think, so it's probably better that way. Yeah. One's not really mine, but it was given to me. It's a nice pink 
Fender. Ooh. Not a Fender. It's actually a Squire. Okay. Stratocaster. Squire. And uh, I looked up some details on it. It's actually kind of neat because they don't offer the pink anymore. Okay. So a lot of people kind of, well, they might now because I think it's coming back. But for a few years, they didn't have a pink one. Okay. So it's kind of a wanted just because of the color. Oh, man, you should have sold it when you had the chance. Eh, I, I've been trying to show my kids a little bit. Okay. And my second youngest son seems to really dig it. Okay. So, and he's like the one that would care if it was pink, and he doesn't care that it's pink. Okay. So he just okay. likes to pick around. With it. So it's better than that. I have a, a PRS uh, seven string. Uh-huh. I'd rather he doesn't touch that. Okay. I don't want to. Yeah. Yeah. Don't touch my my pretty mm. expensive guitar. My my wife wants um, mm. uh, Sarah wants my my daughter to learn piano. Mm. I think it'd be way cooler to learn drums. I have two kids that are interested. I just have to convince my wife that they're a good investment. Okay. Being piano or drums? Drums. I think drums are a good. We, investment. My I think my daughter she's <coughs> she got the recorder. Oh the, my the little gosh. Thingy that and she's actually thing? really taken to it well really and she'll go down onto we have a keyboard uh that's actually a decent keyboard it's not like do you remember jamie kelly Stutzman? yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. that one that she had yeah it's not that good okay that thing was sweet but it's probably like two steps below that oh wow and she'll go down and make you know notes on make little songs up on it and stuff okay i mean she's not following any rules i don't think she knows where any of the notes are on it but well, with 10,000 kids, you kind of need to, like, everyone be on the same instrument or no, start a I, band. I can, I can appropriate piano. Like, I can put, I can play chords, and I know where to find notes. Oh, okay. And I'll teach her. Like, I taught her um, Jingle Bells because I was like, no, the black keys are used, too. So I use the black keys to teach her Jingle Bells and, okay. like, just the notes, not the chords. Okay. And then um, I taught her uh, Linkin Park uh, in the end. Oh, yeah. I was like, here, this is how you use both together to kind of get her to do that and just a little stuff. And she figured out Mary had a little lamb on her own because nice. every kid does that on piano, you know? Well, yeah. Um, and then I showed her Amazing Grace, but she didn't quite pick up on it as well. But I learned it on the organ. Okay. So I learned you play left hand. I was playing chords. Right hand, you play notes. And on the piano, I, I was like, uh, we're going to do more of the notes. So like those church organs were like, boom, boom. You got the yeah. big pipes and stuff? Well, not pipes. We had a, uh. So we had an organ growing up. Um, in our house that my dad got, and he actually replaced all the tubes on it and everything. Um, and I played that for probably a year. Okay, that was like my first formal, non-recorder, second-grade instrument okay. kind of thing. Because your awesomeness factor went like way up, and then <laughs> just shot back down when it wasn't like the big church pipes. No, I mean it was. A, I played in front of my church once. Okay, but and no actually, I had pipes? the I had the little. Um, we had this little thing that would lay over the keys. That would tell you what the notes were. <laughs> And I was so afraid when I went and played in front of the church, I took that with me and I put it on the, on the keyboard. Well, half the fun of church hopping on on Christmas Eve services was always <laughs> trying to find the church that had the, the big, big bar, bar, bar organ thing. Yeah. Hey, I had amazing grace on that. <laughs> I had something else on that too. I forgot, but yeah, we're we're eleven minutes and we should. Okay. All right. So, so yeah. we are way beyond our our normal ten minute banter. We really don't schedule that. I just think it usually comes out to around that, doesn't it? It, it usually comes out to five to six. Oh wow! So, so we are way over got, today. Y- y'all is welcome. You're well, welcome it's been for a our banter. Weeks, right? Okay. Yeah. So you got your music lesson today, and really a music lesson that probably wasn't even accurate. But right. You're welcome. You're welcome. All right. So last time we talked about how uh, 
you just looked over it. So it's been it's been like a month. It really <laughs> three, has been a month. Three, four weeks. So quickly looking over it, um, basically we found out that if there is a prophet, a dreamer, a family member, or someone in your city that is trying to get you to serve other gods, um, that they should die. Um, ultimately, um, that may not be the case. And that's not really an exaggeration. <laughs> no. So um, listen to the last episode. <laughs> if you missed it or it's been a while. Um, and so part of that destruction um, really needs to come down to um, if God's people are going to be set apart, if they're going to be holy, then, then ultimately they need to make sure that they're worshiping God the way that he wants them, um, the way that he's asked them to. And yes, that is a way for us to show our love towards God, um, but it's also um, usually for our benefit as well. Uh, we are going to continue to talk about being holy. Um, so we continue that trend as we move into uh, chapter 14 today. Uh, we probably won't get much further than chapter... Um, my wife walked downstairs, and I'm, i got to pretend that I'm not being distracted. Interruption! And oh. she's stealing my phone. It's not stealing. She's your wife. Yeah, that is true. And so now I'm going a play-by-play. Um See, now you have to listen to this episode. She doesn't know her episode. own phone number, so she needs it from your contacts. You don't know your own phone number? No, I don't know if that's true. <laughs> She's laughing, so that no, wait, actually I might be true. <laughs> 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 Hello? Hello? Oh, do you need to borrow my phone for a couple minutes? Okay. All right. So wait, Don't try and hide it from her. <laughs> <laughs> she might need it. <laughs> um, sorry about that. Um, I'm not. That was great. <laughs> <laughs> So, so we're on 14 now. And yeah, we're so gonna chapter 14, um, verse 1, and uh, we're going to read from verse 1 through verse 2. So bear with me as, as we start chapter 14, wow, one one, through 2. Verses 1 and 2, we're going to this buckle in, kids, uh-huh. that you're going for a long ride. And there's some big words here. All right. All right. Yeah, fire in the hole, man. We're okay. ready for you. Um, you are the sons of the Lord your God. You shall not cut yourselves or make any baldness on your foreheads for the dead. For you are a people holy to the Lord your God, and the Lord has chosen you to be a people for his treasured possession out of all the peoples who are on the face of the earth. Well, yep. my haircut is sin. Oh, you wait, are. it's not a haircut. It just left. <laughs> <laughs> With my involuntary haircut, my head is sinning without me doing anything about it. Well, just as long as you're not cutting it. Yeah, you shall not cut yourselves or make it. Oh, or make any. Well, I guess not well, make Well, that's any. the other thing. I mean, you shall not cut yourselves. So every time I nick myself shaving, oh. that's exactly what this is saying, right? Like, we can't nick ourselves shaving. And my head, which has decided to shed its hair, has put me into perpetual sin. Well, sounds like you're screwed. Get out of my no, house. That's it, man. <laughs> not when it got chosen. I'm rubbing my bald head. This is what it... No. Yeah, it, it's pretty bald. That's I'm pretty close to bald, too. Not even. No, not even close. You look like Mario with how, like, your hair is growing. <laughs> <laughs> your hair is long. That's, like, longer than normal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're, like, you're like, I'm off for the summer. I, I usually I usually shave my head, and now I'm I'm choosing not mm-hmm. to. And maybe that's it's old. I that's read, old school, Scott. I know. I know. You, you have the fro soon. Well, I'm not going to shave the beard. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be. And I got the curl. So overall, you uh, have your summer look going on. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so you're just you just relax. You have no students, so you're cool. So what? Um, in reality, we're looking at this passage, and there's a lot of um, I don't know what to call them. What do you call that? Like grooming laws, mm-hmm. like especially in Leviticus that we talk about, where mm-hmm. there's a lot of like. Uh, commands as to what appear to be like 
I don't want to say hygiene because there's there's a lot of hygiene stuff too that's not really addressed in this, and this mm-hmm. isn't really a matter of like, you know, keeping your body clean in a specific way or you know this is more like grooming so what does this mean well i think we're going to continue to see um and we've already started to see a people that is set apart a people that is holy that that are supposed to look different from the other nations um and and so i think we're going to see a difference between say say moral laws um and and laws that that are specifically focused on on kind of being set apart and and how some of those laws continue to exist today, and then other ones um, we'll see where, where Jesus or, uh, addresses or Paul addresses um, later on in the New Testament mm-hmm. is kind of being different now that we're not looking at the people of God as, as necessarily being a nation. Um, and so I think this this is kind of one of those. It, it's, it's kind of a custom that that is going to be showing them that, that they need to be lo- look a little bit different than, say, the, the other nations that are part of the, the ancient Near East. So that's, I mean, that is definitely one potential area. Um, that Yeah, because it was very common for uh, especially the Egyptians to shave not just their heads, but basically, like, entire portions of their body mm-hmm. to be, um, you know, to achieve particular looks and things like that. So they, it comes back once again to one of those, you came out of a land that did this, but it wasn't just for looks that Egypt would shave their head. A lot of times it would be part of rituals, right. uh, pa- obviously pagan rituals. Right. You know, um, And they're going into a nation that has those pa- pagan yeah. rituals. So not only are they leaving a nation that has those, but they're coming into... Uh, land that that already has these rituals into place, and I think a couple chapters back, they were supposed to destroy all of those mm-hmm. those altars and that sort of thing, and begin to worship the way that God wants them to. And I think now we're we're continuing that trend. Well, it, the I guess like the key. Um, well, there's actually a couple keys here because what this verse actually we talked about. I almost said years ago. Mm-hmm. It's we, get, like we say ago. a year a year ago. Um, we talked about something called an inclusio, which said that, like, we're bracketing the text. We're going to take a moment out of the text to uh, express a particular idea that might not fit with the, re- the text around it for whatever reason. So it's kind of like a pause. We need to include this article in here, and then we'll unpause and go back to what we were originally talking about. Um, this is actually the beginning, potentially, some people debate on this, of another inclusio. <coughs> and this inclusio says, um, remember, you are you know, sons of the Lord, your God. So it's the, that like when you get a contract that it's like, you know, from now on, Scott hereby referred to as, you know, property owner or whatever it happens to be. This is, um, you are hereby referred to as sons of the Lord, your God. Uh, when you're with this status to remain in this status, do not do what the pagans did. And here the inclusio starts, the potential inclusio, starts with um, baldness on your foreheads for the dead. So shaving your heads in uh, terms of mourning. <coughs> and there are other parts. I think Isaiah, I unfortunately didn't put that note. I did not transfer that note from my notebook. I'm trying to be digital, so I went to a computer. Um, I didn't transfer that note over. As Isaiah something where he talks about, you know, you should be um, shave your heads in mourning. Uh, it's not that they're doing it as a way to potentially bridge a gap over to the other side or to communicate with the recently deceased uh, through some kind of ritual that involves shaving their heads. So the beginning of this inclusio, and then when we get down to the end of the inclusio, which if we get that far in this 
podcast, which I think mm-hmm. we will. Uh, well, I don't know. We've been babbling a lot. <laughs> um, the end of it also ends with a potential ritual that had to do with life and death. Okay. Um, so, spoiler. And, and, and I think, like, Christopher Wright, he, he says, both customs are well-known rites in connection with mourning and were Canaanite cultic practices related to Baal. Uh, special emphasis was given to self-laceration, which was connected with death and fertility ritual. Um, so I think we're That's definitely so looking at counter rituals and customs that, that are countered towards other religions. Um, once again, showing that God's people ha- should look different and be doing things different than, than many of the other religions that, that are around there, which works with the don't worship other idols and the many other things that we've been addressing and the, the various um, chapters that we've just gone through. So do you want to <clears throat> jump into this long section of... Um, I do want to hit in verse 2. Yeah. Um, for you are a people holy. Um, so holy, um, basically re- referring to, to being set apart. To the Lord your God, uh, the Lord has chosen you to be a people for his treasured possession. And we address, uh, I think we address this in, in chapter 7. Um, but I love kind of this idea of treasured possession. Um, I'm not even going to, maybe, okay, I will attempt yeah. to pronounce the Hebrew segula. S-E-G-U-L-L-A with a little thingy thing over the A. Oh, and yeah, it's definitely... You, you got it? Mm-hmm. And uh, so this word uh, is was used for the private treasure of a king who owned everything else as well but valued his personal possessions particularly. Um, so I thought that was just a really cool view of God and his people that he would call his people a treasured possession. Um, and not, so not just a... <clears throat> I think when we think treasured possession, we think of such temporary garbage. Oh, yeah. Uh, like, we think, you know, like, oh, this is my most treasured stuffed animal from when I was a kid. No, this is like, it sounds like it, there's a lot more to it. This mm-hmm. is like a valuable yeah. piece. Well, he's, he's, a, he's a king that already has everything. But there's this, ooh, this ooh. treasured thing that, that is better than everything else that he already owns. Um, and that's, 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 that's his people. That's those that he has set apart. And I was like, well, that, that, that says a lot. Um, you know, when, when he's saying, here's how I want you to live, he's also saying, well, here's how I view you as, as my people, as, as Israel. Um, and, and that's, what, I mean, we like to connect things to today. <coughs> and if you're a follower of Jesus, if you are one of his elect, that's how you're viewed today mm-hmm. like there's there's not a, there hasn't been a change there hasn't been something that happened that says that you're no longer viewed that way and this isn't one of those where a lot of people say like well the god of the old testament was you know this way and the god of the new testament was that way no he's the same yes and his view of his people is still the same mm-hmm. that has not changed and i think that's something that like kind of a main attack point. Like that's something that like our enemy will like to attack is like how we view our, how we think God views us. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times we think that he views us with disdain or, you know, that he's, he thinks of us as, you know, maybe not as our treasured possession, but maybe as that flower bed he'll take care of one day or, Mm -hmm. you know, those weeds he needs to tear out or whatever. (laughs) It's like, no, we really are still his chosen people, his treasured possession. Absolutely. And, and a lot of the things we talk about in the Old Testament are still applicable to, to how God views us and how God deals with us. And 
um, really how sometimes we interact and relate with him. Um, and so, yeah, God really is the same um, yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Um, it also goes on. It says, out of the people who are on the face of this earth. Um, so holiness of Israel um, in the sense of their separateness from the nations is the theological basis of De- Deuteronomy um, and, and many of the things that he asks us to do. Um, for example, we're going to see that with the clean and unclean animals that we're probably going to be talking about in a couple minutes. Um, it it kind of symbolized the distinction between Israel and, and the other nations. And um, I think we're going to continue to see this um, with, with many of the things that God asks his people to do um, throughout Deuteronomy, um, back in Leviticus, and that sort of thing. That's why, And I know we kind of, I think we harp on it, but it's something that like we probably also forget week to week. There's this call as Christians to be distinct and to be different. And we see kind of the patterns in the Old Testament where there's that calling out of there's that difference. And we look at it differently now because we'll, we might even get into it a little bit with the dietary laws mm-hmm. and stuff like that that uh, we've, we've got is, a, is different because we're allowed to kill and eat and right. you know, it doesn't defile us, but no spoilers. But we are still called to be distinct and to be different from what you see in the rest of the world. Absolutely. So. Right. I'm, I'm trying to do this without spoilers. Right, yeah. You know, or without giving it away. So, And, and we can probably get more into that too because, you know, we're still, you're right, we're still called to be set apart. We're still called to be mm-hmm. holy and to look different from the rest of the world. And it, it might not be nations, but the idea is still the same. All right, so we're going to then go from Deuteronomy 3 or 14, 3 through 21. And yes, we're going to talk about roadkill and feeding it to other people. Oh, yes. Now you're excited. You say feeding. I say giving as a gift. I'm good either way. (laughs) (laughs) Either way, it's roadkill, and I'm cool with that. You shall not eat any abomination. These are the animals you may eat. The ox, the sheep, the goat, the deer, the gazelle, the roebuck, the wild goat, the ibex, the antelope, and the mountain sheep. Every animal that parts the hoof and has the hoof cloven in two and chews the cud among the animals you may eat. Yet of those that chew the cud or have the hoof cloven, you shall not eat these. The camel, the hare, and the rock badger, because they chew the cud but do not part the hoof, are unclean for you. And the pig, because it's part it parts the hoof but does not chew the cud is unclean for you their their flesh you shall not eat and their carcass carcasses you shall not touch of all that you are in the waters uh, of all that are in the waters you may eat these whatever has fins and scales you may eat <clears throat> and whatever does not have fins and scales you shall not eat it is unclean for you you may eat all all clean birds, but these are the ones that you shall not eat. The eagle, the bearded vulture, the bearded vulture, <laughs> that doesn't sound yummy. The black vulture, the kite, the falcon of any kind, every raven of any kind, the ostrich, the night hawk, the seagull, the hawk of any kind, the little owl, and the short-eared owl, the barn owl, and the tawny owl, the carrion vulture, and the... Carrion means roadkill. Oh, does it? I didn't know that. I thought there's more. It's not really roadkill. It's basically entrails. Oh, okay. Ooh, yummy. And the cormorant, the stork, the heron of any kind, the hoopoe. What's a hoopoe? And the bat. And all the winged insects are unclean for you. Uh Uh-oh. I ate a cicada. They shall not be eaten. All clean winged things you may eat. 
You shall not eat anything that has died naturally. You may give it to the sojourner. That's the roadkill, right? Yep. Who is within your towns that uh, he may died eat naturally. it. naturally. That's not roadkill. But carry on. Not carrion. Carry. Uh, forget it. Oh. Finish but I'm out. not allowed to eat the K in vulture. No. Okay. Or the carrion, okay. which is the carrion, which is the natural death. <laughs> okay. Sorry, yeah. go on. Okay. Sorry, sorry, listeners. Don't eat your roadkill. Verse 21, you shall not eat anything that has died naturally. You may give it to the sojourner who is within your towns that he may eat it, or you may sell it to a foreigner. For you are a people holy to the Lord your God. You shall not boil a young goat in its mother's milk. Man, I love the ending of that right there. I know. <laughs> hey, you can uh, give away uh, naturally dead animals for people to eat and... Uh, uh, oh, hey, don't boil that coat. <laughs> it's so, another smell. So that means we can go get the <clears throat> squirrel that's dead in the middle of the street and go sell it to someone that's not a Christian? Uh, you can sell or give it to them. You do both. Oh, I can make money. I mean, uh, yeah. I mm-hmm. just give that mm-hmm. away. I mean, well, I don't. If I was like, oh, okay, let's say it was an animal I'd want to eat. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, hey, that dead body there, that that could feed my family for a month. I wouldn't. Well, like a deer, I'd, I'm not good with a gun. I would hit like, <sighs> if someone already hit it with their car, that just made it easy for me. But it's, how long has it been there? Like, well, well, I guess what else is eating it or has been eating it? Is a carrion vulture coming down and cleaning up after it? You Ooh, know? That would be like multiple things that you are well, breaking ta- the laws. It, here's the interesting part is they were actually forbidden from touching the dead body. Oh, that's true. So they, they basically... <laughs> <laughs> like point that's yours <laughs> so, with the flies around oh, it and the maggots forming and it's those are for you like i will show you the spot yeah where you can buy yep 20 bucks i'll let you pick it up <laughs> <laughs> it died on my property by the way um i'm uh, not allowed to t- anyway so anyway so 14.3 um you shall not eat any abomination uh, so intro to the food laws. So yeah. I think this is kind of the intro to the food laws. Um, so, gone. No, I was just gonna say there's a lot of people, and I I knew a few of them, and I know it just got dark in here. Um, you knew a few of them as well that were a little bit more on like the uh, the Judaizer end that would throw out dietary restrictions on people. Um, based on what they would find in the Old Testament. I think there's even like some popular fad diets for a while that kind of adhered to the same lines of thinking. And you would have people that kind of tried to force others, even, you know, just Protestants, not even like, you know, Messianic Jews or anything that would try and force dietary laws and restrictions on other Christians. Um basically neglecting what they read in the New Testament about Jesus saying it's not what uh, you eat that defiles you, but it's what comes out of you that defiles you. So with which, that in mind, what do you got? Well, which you, you went to the New Testament right there, and I think there are some uh, verses you can put us to in a little bit. Uh, uh, that was right off the top of my head. I I would have to see it. It's Matthew or Mark. I think it's Mark. I think I have it written down here. I think it's, it's Mark. Mark. Yeah, it's it's hard for me to say Mark because Mark has like the fewest amount of Where is uh, it? what do you call it? The fewest amount of like sermons mm-hmm. and parables of any of the gospels. So whenever I'm like, no, it couldn't have been Mark. Mark <laughs> seven. Man, am I that? I think awesome? it's Mark seven one through twenty three. 
Um, I have that further down in my notes. Mark seven. So at first, I at first I was like, I was gonna like, all right, I gotta figure out why all these animals are good and bad, and then I was like, yeah, that's not happening. Um, and really, as I was looking, there's all kinds of theories regarding why certain animals were to detestable oh. and others were not. Yeah, I got and a nice I mean, list here. I was going all over the place. And, and, and really, when it comes down to it, I, I came to the conclusion that cleanliness and uncleanliness was the thing. It was the idea, <laughs> once again, being set apart. Um, I, I kind of saw them as more of being ritual categories and not moral judgments. Um, and I think later on, Jesus kind of, Jesus, what we see in Mark 7, and we see later on in Acts where... Kill and eat. Yeah, really those things Can kind I of... say what I've made clean, unclean? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> those are the exact I verses. I know way too many dietary <laughs> <laughs> I actually studied quite a bit because I I had a, a freak out. Um, I'd read, uh, I can't remember who it was. Or it was a rabbi, and he was talking about how unclean a pig really is. Okay, so that's where I found almost... Ev- so I got all kinds of different things from everything, <laughs> but pigs, man... Pigs are like not a thing. The, like, the, yeah, they don't have um, the ability to cleanse toxins, so they store the toxins that they take in, like in their fat. Okay, and that's a part of the bacon that you're like, oh, it makes it tasty. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean it's full of toxins? <laughs> like, so there's disease in this bacon fat, you know, and you kind of free, you know, or pork chops or mm-hmm. whatever you're eating. So here's what I found on pigs. <laughs> no. Many Old Testament passages show how detestable they are. Um, pork was a regular part of the, the, the diet in Mesopotamia. So if you're, you're choosing not to do that, you're kind of going against what, what would have been there. Um, there was belief that it would absorb impurity and then is burned or buried as an offering to the underworld or the underworld deities. Um, so what? they would there in Mesopotamia, it was offered as a sacrifice to demons. Um, it would have been <laughs> sacred to other gods. Um, it is very possible then that sacrificing a pig was synonymous with sacrificing it to demons or the dead. Um, some religions uh, saw, some religions seen worship of the, okay, I don't know what I wrote there, but those were just some of the things that I saw with pigs. And then you get like scriptures and like Isaiah and things like that that talk about those that are eat pigs. And so, so really. That's like creeptastic. Oh yeah, they. So that's like, what I found yeah. is pigs definitely not a thing. Yeah, All the rest of it probably not either, but definitely not pigs. Well, that it kind of puts the pat. So there's a passage uh, in the Gospels where Jesus confronts a guy who's possessed by demons, and he casts them out into the pigs, and then the pigs all basically suicide themselves off a cliff, and people try so hard to like explain that passage, but I'm like. Uh, so I, I'm not going to try and draw my own conclusion here, but I'm like, man, that's definitely a point where <laughs> they sacrifice the pigs to the demons. <laughs> like, just a little bit of a different, just went a little different than the Old Testament way. <laughs> well, I mean, may, maybe there's a reason he chose pigs, and I don't know. Yeah, I, I assumed it was just like, hey, there's a lot of animals right there, and they're like, hey, Jesus, why don't you throw us in the pigs? <laughs> Jesus is like, all right, tell you want to go. You like the pigs anyway. There yeah. you go. You bunch of dirty swine. <laughs> um, yeah, but that's interesting. Mm-hmm. That's really. Where'd you get the? What's the source on oh, that? Oh, so okay, I got this great new commentary. Um, and in you fact, been, you've been commentary cheating on. Hey, I gotta. I gotta be honest with you. I'm waiting for it to come in the mail. Uh, Doug, Douglas Moo's commentary on James. Oh wow, New, new Testament. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I got you beat because I got a New Testament and an Old Testament one. Uh-oh. Oh, my Kindle keeps shutting down. I'm, I'm, I'm working it. <laughs> Your wife's in Amazon. <laughs> 
<laughs> All right, here we go. Now I've given out for Amazon to ruin your Kindle. <laughs> Wait. I don't See earlier in the show. I want to offer feedback. I just want my... No, I just want my... Well, he looks set up. Um, I'll really quick. You'll find the commentary name. Okay, I got it. Okay, what is it? It is the <laughs> IVP Bible Background Commentary for the Old Testament. Oh, InterVarsity, IVB? Yes. It, oh, okay. Um, and so it basically goes into... Uh, and what is it called? InterVarsity? So IVP, um, Bible Background Commentary, All Old right. Testament, and I also bought the New Testament. And what it does is it actually doesn't really focus. It's not like your, your traditional commentary where it's going to be like, well, here's the background and here's what it means. It just gives you the historical background I'm for the different passages within the, can, can uh, say, the Bible. Can you say the name of it one more time? So the IVP, Bible Background Commentary, and they have an Old oh, Testament version and a New Testament version. Dude, the cover looks sweet. Has it been good? I, I, Would I, you I recommend? I really like it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. My my buddy inter, or my buddy suggested the New Testament version, and I got that, and I liked it, and I was like, "Well, I'm studying Deuteronomy. That's, Let's go Old Testament." That's a good price. How many is it? Like a you you have it on Kindle. I bought them both on Kindle. Yeah, Kindle. It's, it's twenty bucks book. right now. Um, if you go uh, hardback twenty five, the retail's thirty five. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the new or sorry, the Old Testament's more expensive. It's twenty seven. The retail's forty. But I think I got the Kindle version for like twenty. I'm, it's got John Walton. He's legit for the Old Testament. I don't know Craig Keener. I do know John Walton. I don't know Victor Matthews or Mark. I can't pronounce Chevalis. But um, judging by John Walton alone, I'd probably be pretty mm-hmm. confident recommending that. Mm-hmm. And IVP is usually, I would say, like ninety-five percent of their stuff is legit, mm-hmm. and the stuff that's not is just like a one-off. Oops. Yeah. So definitely. Yeah. And it, it basically just gives like a lot of hi- the historical background behind different passages. So it doesn't really work to interpret. It does mostly. So so here's so when we're talking pigs, um, here's some of the, the pigs things. Um, and I found some of the pigs there and I found some pigs in, in some other places as well. Um, but I, I almost I, I want to add it to a wish list. I almost I almost bought with one click. All right. That would have been a conversation <laughs> with the wife at home. <laughs> I just spent $20 on a commentary. By the way, it's also on Kindle, so you can't read it. <laughs> well, you can share your accounts, can't you? Yeah. Uh, we like can, Sarah but she, well, she has a, a, one of the Kindle Fire tablets, um, and she's not the biggest fan of it because okay. of the, the LCD <coughs> screen. So, uh, sorry, folks. We'll get back to animals in a minute. Um, a couple years ago, they are offering a trade-in on your Kindle, and they are giving you like 30 bucks for it. Mm-hmm. So I traded mine in. And I put it towards a new Kindle, which, like, about three weeks after the trade-in, which I sat on the credit, um, they had the brand new ones for 40 I think, okay. or 49 or something. They're typically, like, 80 So I got a new Kindle, and she sat on it, and I told her she should get one. And she was like, well, I'm not sure if I want that or the Fire. And then the Fire's one on sale for, like, 29 Oh, wow. So she, like, ended up washing oh no 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 she didn't get it at all i bought the kindle fire and i couldn't use it for what i wanted it for so i gave it to her okay we got the one kid one for 29 at christmas one year they had like super stupid cheap Mm -hmm. um and she hasn't been a big fan of it either because of the it's the you know color screen it's not as nice on the eyes yeah i got an ee in gold school I'm, i'm just not a kindle fan i like that old school I like I like mine on my phone, 
But like yeah. the actual Kindle fires themselves, oh, uh, uh, not a no, not a fan. I, yeah, my kids, I hate the child controls on them. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, back uh, yeah. to the. Um, so I've got the clean and unclean. I, I'm going to go through this really quick. Um, uh, Grisanti broke down five different popular uh, reasons that scholars come up with as to why some animals are considered clean and why some are not. Ooh, I'm excited. But your pig one makes me really think like, well, it was definitely part of pagan practice. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go with, I'm going to be, which is one of his on the list. So, okay. First one is arbitrary. Okay. God split him up for reasons only known to God. Mm-hmm. Man doesn't know. Okay. He says that theory is cool and it's a great cop out, but there's no supporting evidence for or against it being just an arbitrary decision. Got it. He says there's too much going back and forth. There's cultic, which is what you said. Some of these unclean animals may have been associated with cultic practices, a.k.a. sacrificing a pig to the underworld demons. <laughs> um, he says, however, um, the argument can fall short when there are some clean animals that were also used in cultic sacrifice, specifically bulls and goats. Okay. So we do got to watch that. But there is that, that's, he said that's one of the stronger leanings. There's hygienic. He said the problem with this is that... Um, when the Israelites' dietary limitation is removed in the New Testament, uh, the argument becomes like, well, then God's okay with people being unhealthy. Mm. So he says that it can fall short from a practical standpoint. Okay. Um, he said if dietary hygiene was a play here, uh, we would then say that God was being inconsistent. Okay. So, I, okay, I can understand that. So sacrificial, God is including, I kind of like this one, um, but he doesn't give a, a verdict on it, but I would give my verdict as one of my top two or three reasons that I would stand behind confidently. Uh, God is including Israel with the sacrifice. The animals that are good for sacrifice are also good for his people to eat. This could be another possible way to draw Israel further into the covenant. Okay. So I'm saying these are clean. These are animals that you're allowed to sacrifice. They're clean animals, and I want you to partake in the benefit from the clean sacrifice. So you're benefiting from overall being included in this covenant. Okay. Um, th- I could probably draw, draw it out better if I had some time, but I copied my handwritten note from three weeks ago. <laughs> uh, but I, I kind of like that. I thought it was kind of a neat view of it. Um, and then there's symbolic. And this is the, another one that I could really stand behind. He says, um, uh, we can look at the differences between the various animals, those chosen as clean versus unclean, the same way we look at God's chosen people, there are some that God has called out as clean or elect or chosen, and there are some that God has chosen as unclean. And there's several places where God says, like, they're created as vessels of wrath or mm-hmm. they're specific people created for destruction. Um, like, you could argue Hitler right. would be on that list. Uh, Judas on that list, you know. Um, animals associated with death are often regarded as unclean. So you have vultures, pigs, uh, a lot of the bugs, the winged bugs were scavengers, flies, uh, would feed on feces, um, dead animals, carrion. Uh, they're often regarded as unclean. Um, animals that consume blood, which uh, were cons- are considered unclean. So if an animal was not, uh, basically it was a predator or it would eat the blood or drink the blood of its prey, just as Israel was prohibited from consuming blood. Okay. So there, that was another distinction. Um, we're regarded as the difference between clean and unclean. And then said... Um, uh, once the animals were no longer divided by clean and unclean, there's a similar lack of differentiation in the pouring out of the gospel. So God says, hey, nothing is unclean for you. And then we see the great sheet coming down, mm-hmm. God no longer making a distinction 
between a chosen nation or race. And now he's saying all people are welcome to come to me. I'm no longer drawing a distinction between Israel and the world. Mm -hmm. Now I'm drawing the distinction between the church, which is more inclusive, uh, and the world. So Mm. that was just, those were kind of his five. And if you read his commentary that I've been using, you can read it. (coughs) It's pages of stuff that he writes on it. And I gave you snippets. Okay. Um, I also liked, so um, Christopher Wright says um, that holiness was uh, was woven. So this is kind of the idea that um, holiness was woven into everyday life. Every meal should have reminded the Israelite family of God's commitment to them and their commitment to God. A God who governs the kitchen should be not easily forgotten in the rest of life. Um, and so I was like, okay, well, that's kind of, so, so not only was it this idea of being set apart and looking different, but it's also that focus on, um, it's a c- continual reminder that as they prepare their meals, God is the one that's providing, and God is, they're, they're continually reminded that God is committed to their benefit, mm-hmm. um, just as, as we are committed to, to our God. And so I thought that was a, a really cool way of looking at it um, as, we're, or as, 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 as I was kind of studying through those. Um, and, and in fact, uh, so I, I even kind of in my own thought process, so I'll give you a little bit of history. Oh, sorry, real quick. I just thought of the verse, uh, everything you do, whatever you eat or drink, do it to the glory of God. Oh, okay. That's, that's you know, a really uh, good yeah, one. That's another. That wasn't the one I took, but I like that one. <laughs> You're going scriptural on me. I'd, oh, wait, that's what this thing is about. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, once again, I can't tell you <laughs> which epistle that's from. <laughs> but it's in there, New Testament. It's probably Paul, Peter, James, or Jude, okay, that's or cheating. John that wrote it. They're the only <laughs> writers. Did you say Luke? There probably wasn't uh, Luke, though. Luke didn't do an epistle. Oh, no, he didn't do an epistle. You're right. So. Okay. All right. Well, so, yeah, you got yeah. all the writers. Yes. All right. It's so probably an axe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm right. Yes. I, no. I have, like, all these verses memorized, but none of the actual, like, references. Yeah, I'm really, really bad with that, like, with teaching like, my kids. So, like, we've got verses memorized but i have not done a good job of teaching them where i'm like i'm like it's I'm probably like, in uh, romans and if it's not you'll find something very similar in romans <laughs> that's my default in my mind i can flip <laughs> through and figure out where ish in the bible it is, well, is it, if, if it's something jesus said i usually assume it's any gospel except for mark because okay. mark has like the least amount of like, <laughs> <laughs> uh like i said sermons and stuff like i was saying earlier so yeah i'm i'm so bad i i need to memorize the I actual reference as well <laughs> i do too i'm getting better at it but i'm still not I'm um, so this week, I so when I was studying this a couple weeks ago, um, so I've been dealing with kidney stones for a couple years, and Decades. so it's been way too long. And there's all kinds of different reasons, and, and they say that it, it's due to like uh, oddly enough, spinach is not good if you get kidney stones. Um, and so there's other vegetables and other foods. Thanks, um, Popeye. Thanks I, for nothing. I know. <laughs> I watch that cartoon all the time, which is still way, way older than I am. But anyway, <laughs> and, and so there, there's different foods. So, like, sometimes I don't enjoy eating. And so it's kind of one of those things where, like, a oh, couple Oh, because you're, weeks, like, limited or you have to eat stuff that's not. Yeah, or I'm, like, I have to look. And then I was, like, I got a kidneys, and it doesn't always work. And it's, like, ah. Oh. And so, like, you know, I, I was challenged a couple weeks ago when it says, well, we'll go ahead and eat and rejoice. And I'm, like, oh, I don't find eating and rejoicing. I mean, I, I'm burdened down by, does this create oxalates? Does this create, you know, like... And and so I've almost created kidney stone uh, do, and do food as an idol. Do you mind if I violate HIPAA a little bit and 
Tell yeah, them a little bit about your Yeah, you can violate hippo. Okay. <laughs> um, he doesn't have like, oh, he you had a kidney stone. He has them and passes them, it seems, monthly. It's not like, oh, my uncle had a kidney stone once and it was hell. It was like he has a kidney stone every time I talk to him and he can feel it moving and he passes it. So before somebody out there is like, oh, you big wuss, he had a kidney stone. It's like, no, he's had them as long as I've known him and he passes them all the time. Like it's I not. I think I've had it at least consistently since like 10 years ago. Probably. I mean, yeah. I feel like it's been like as long as I've known you. Really? No, because it's 30. I think I had my first one. 30? I'm 38. Okay. So, yeah, almost a decade. I yeah. mean, eight years. Yep. So. And it's one of those. There's. have known you since our 20s. So. Yeah, we've known right. each other for a long time. Wow. Uh, I know. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? <laughs> and so it's kind of one of those that, you know, doctors don't really know. And they're like, you know, I'll even be like, what kind of foods? And they're like, well, we don't know, but foods will help. And so then, you know, you do your own research. And so it's, it's just, it's not very much fun. And so as I was reading through, um, I, I realized that, that I make sometimes food in my kidney stones an idol. And so I was kind of thinking through that, that last line that, that was kind of focused on this idea of um, letting every meal reminding me of God's commitment to, to me and, and, and my commitment to God um, and just kind of thinking through that. And so it's been kind of fun, at least for me, to think through, well, if this is one of the possibilities of, of why it is that God set out um, these different food laws is a, is a reminder, a constant reminder of God's provision and, and what God provides and, and why we eat and how we prepare our foods. I was like, this is kind of a cool way, at least application in my own life of being reminded of, of how God really does provide, um, rem- reminding me that, that God is committed to, to my well-being. I am a, a treasured possession. And, and so part of my eating and part of my diet, dietary restrictions can really be an act of worship and remembrance to a God that is committed to, um, to his people. Um, and so, at least for me, it hasn't still been easy. I can't say I'm perfect at it right now. But th- that's starting to be my thought process is removing away from, oh, I can't eat this or this might cause this to more of a, you know, I can rejoice because God provides. He is committed to our well-being and, and he does love us mm-hmm. and see us as a treasured possession. Um, and so I've been able to use that as more of a reflection back to who God is um, and Again, if this is one of the p- potential possibilities of not just being set apart, but also a constant reminder, it's been kind of fun to to change my perspective, moving away from that food kidney stone idol into a, you know, I get to do this. And it reminds me of, of, of my relationship with God. Hmm. Whatever you eat or drink, do it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So do you eat pig? Uh, very infrequently. Very, no, all right. Mm-hmm. All right. Just making sure. Yeah, every once in a while. Because I, I was somewhere this weekend. Pepper, I was pepperoni? No, I don't eat pepperoni very often. What about turkey pepperoni? Um, this weekend I did. I, I say I like turkey yeah. pepperoni. Because I, I was at a friend's house helping him move to New York, and he made food, and so I was like, I'm going to go ahead and eat it. And I go. got to rejoice because of it. Nice. And it tasted good. And you, that's kind of cool because you kind of get that delayed gratification too mm-hmm. uh, and it definitely probably helps make you more like i mean on my way here dude i had a chicken chalupa and 
it was like the third time in two weeks. <laughs> like I'm losing the, oh, wow, this is an awesome experience. And before you hate on Taco Bell, I have squeezed into why Taco Bell is a sign of God's grace in the sermons before. So wow. don't, so come at me, come at me. I have had Taco <laughs> Bell. Last time I had Taco Bell was definitely over 10 years ago. I was, I was out in Missouri where there's all these cool restaurants to eat. I was there for work. And, and they told me to try Bell. all these things. I went to Taco Bell the one night. What? I was like, it's close. I know I'm going to like it. I don't feel like trying to decide what I want. I'm going to Taco Bell. Okay, now I'm a hater. <laughs> That's right. I had, you know what? I'm going out to San Diego in a month. I'll definitely have food that I don't normally have. So. Ooh, but in Buffalo, New York, they got this great place. It's, um, <laughs> it was, it's a Mediterranean Chipotle. Now, it's not really Chipotle, oh, no, but it's I, like I went that out idea. To, I was out in... Um, San Bernardino, and, uh-huh. like, every restaurant had, like, the Chipotle style. Yeah, okay. Like, pick like, your protein, pick your carb, pick your veggies, kind of. Mm-hmm. Oh, Mediterranean would be awesome. Yeah, I was like, this is awesome. I like the fatouche, I like the lamb, I like <laughs> the cucumbers, and mm-hmm. the, oh, that'd be cool, feta. Yeah, it was, uh, seriously, I was like, no, uh, we need we need one of these in Cincinnati. We do. Mm-hmm. All right, hey, let's wrap this up okay. with uh, the goats and Mother's Milk. So, clean, unclean, we gave you mm-hmm. five reasons that Grisanti said, um... I would lean towards it's arbitrary or it has to do with uh, possibly being symbolic. Mm-hmm. I don't know. <clears throat> Hygienic, maybe. Uh, cultic, quite possibly. Mm-hmm. Pigs freak me out now. Um, but then we get to that last one, this weird line that shows up several times in the Old Testament in verse 21. Uh, unfortunately, we only got like a few minutes left. Do you want to start with 21 next time? We can. I, I've got a little bit. Do you have a lot on it? No. All right. Let's try and see if we can fit it. Because okay. we have our own standard. All right. Um, you should not boil a goat in its mother's milk. This is after being allowed to give away roadkill. So what do you got? So um, I'm looking for it. I just moved it. Okay. So really the thing that really actually hit out to me is is one of them um, was a, someone said it, it's basically a reaction against Canaanite or other foreign religious practices. Mm-hmm. Um, and the one that I thought was interesting is some um, have considered that um, there's that possibility that a mother's milk contains blood. Um, oh, and so in, in some of the other chapters that we had addressed, it's okay to eat certain animals as long as it's drained of its blood. I don't know how legit that is, but I thought that was at least interesting, um, and that's all I got. Uh, a couple of things that I had um, <laughs> on that particular part is, one, uh, it could be considered savage. You're taking something that was life-giving, uh, the milk from a mom, and then mm-hmm. you're boiling the child that should be getting life from that milk in that, uh, in that you're using that to cause its death, right. which is just seems kind of sadistic and weird and disgusting. Um, the other one, there was a cultic fertility rite practiced by the Canaanites. Um, this has been unsubstantiated, but a lot of people have said they've found things that could mirror that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that would definitely close out the inclusio. Right. You started with a cultic act, you ended in a cultic act. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of the other one that uh, Grisanti pointed out. But he said it was also, like I said, unsubstantiated, no proof in that, or no hard proof, but right. quite possibly. Um you have like two minutes. Anything you want to say on giving foreigners your your dead bodies? Uh, no, that, I just that thought that was wrong. awesome that they addressed roadkill. Yeah, um, that was my biggest thing. Is Natural I was like, causes. Roadkill. <laughs> so yeah, um, what a good chapter. Um, you kind of have those 
potential cultic practices, and in the middle you have all this stuff dividing clean and unclean um, that you can argue about and fight about and try and figure out when in reality we just have to remember that we are called to be different. Mm-hmm. I think that's a great way to sum up I think that's that a great section. way. And, and, I, and I don't think that that part has changed, although our dietary laws may, may be, I, I think they are more ritual than they are moral, mm-hmm. but I think that the, the call for us to be set apart, for us to be holy, and for us to still be his treasured possessions is still a thing in our culture today. What a call, man. What a freaking call. Yeah. You were called to be God's treasured possession. Mm-hmm. And, and, us nah. being, <laughs> and us being able to stand out is huge because we live in a world where people don't stand out. I mean, here's what's mm-hmm. expected. And, and when we live for Christ and we live for, for Yahweh, then... I mean, our lives should be different. People should be able to quickly, easily, and distinctively recognize us and say, you, there's something different, and that looks good. And so I think that's powerful for us to still be set apart. Um, And maybe next week we can get more into what those actions might look like. I mean, what does it look like to be set apart? Because from what I I can see, (laughs) we're going to be talking about being set apart for a a lot of verses or or a lot of chapters. So, yeah. Yay. All right. All right. Hey, guys, um, check us out. Bakesh.podbean.com. Facebook.com slash Bakesh. Maybe Bakesh pod. I forgot. And uh, email at us at Bakesh at Outlook.com. And we'd be happy to answer any questions or uh, respond to any comments you might have. And I think that's all I got as far as plugging stuff that I am so bad at plugging. I think that works just fine. All right, guys. See you next time. All right. Bye-bye.